0: Thought or something that I'd like to get hear your input on was like, where would somebody go? To I mean, I know copyright law, law is complex and all of that kind of stuff, but where would someone go to learn more or do the research?
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Nebulous Entertainment Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about protecting protecting your intellectual property, uh, your video games. Through copywriting as an indie dev, so we want to break this up into three segments. We want to do an episode on copywriting. We want to do an episode on trademarking, and then we want to do an episode on infringement and basically how to handle that and what to do if, if you believe somebody's infringing on your work um, and you know just what to look out for so that you don't want to infringe on other people's work. We're not really going to get into patents here. Uh, basically, you know, very rarely do patents apply to video games and The heavy parts of that are, if you're doing some form of control or some form of mechanic within a game that you have, you know, a a tangible piece that you can protect. And and patents also for indie devs they usually cost like twenty thousand dollars. So as an indie dev, I don't think that you're going to be patenting um, anything to start. If you are, I'm sure there's a better video out there. (laughs) On it, uh, Eric and I. We we've gone through copywriting. We've gone through trademarking for Nebulous. We have not done any patents. I don't foresee us doing any patents in the near future. So, with that said, we can get right into the copywriting piece. Um, the main the first point that I would make is that copywriting is less expensive than trademarking significantly. It's a lot easier, in my opinion, to do a copyright by yourself. Uh, I would you know I would say if you can afford to, I would. Say, advise an attorney um, if you do a trademark. But I think Eric and I filed a copyright before. So, you know, it's not terrible mm-hmm. to do. Um, it's also important to note that just trade. So, in, in terms of lengths, trademarks, they last 10 years before they have to be re- renewed. Copyrights last 70 years after the death of the creator. Okay. So, about nebulous for example the majority of this stuff once eric decides to kick the bucket 70 years after that (laughs) could be any day now yeah 70 years after that uh, we're going to lose the copyright to it so we've we've got a a good while and as far as roles and regulations go around the world they're going to be different okay so it's important to know your copyright rules in terms of your domestic state. Um, so for example, like our country, so we're in the US, we understand the copywriting rules here in the US, but we don't necessarily understand them in Europe or in China uh, you know, or anywhere else because they are going to be different. And the, the main piece that's going to be different is the length that the copyright actually lasts. So while here in the US, it's 70 years after the death of the creator, that may not, and it's most likely not going to be the case. For other countries around the world. So, keeping along those lines, when it comes to copywriting, this is going to protect basically everything in the game. Um, it's going to protect your artistic, your um, creative expressions. This is going to be emails, this is going to be your website, this is going to be uh, the video game in general. So, you know, the computer code that's created for the game. Uh, if you're writing a novel, it's going to protect your novel. Um, it, it also Goes in form of protecting music, dialogue, scenes, setting images, character images within the game. So you know it's going to protect your game. Um, it, it's like an umbrella, right? So like if we were to we, we trademarked um, the name Stormword Sales, but like we have the copyright for Stormword Sales and like everything under it, everything within the game falls under the Nebulous, uh umbrella for copyright protection. So. You know, this this is very very helpful for a lot of things um, and a lot of people, and the main reason being that you don't have to copyright every little single thing, and that would be one expensive, two tedious. uh, You know, but when you're working with the USPTO, I wouldn't. I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they decided to do something like that. Um, You know. When we talk more about the, like the the law along this line, it doesn't protect ideas. Okay, so you know if you have an ideal, if you have an expression that you want to bring into a game, um, you know if it's not a tangible property, then it's not going to be protected. Okay, this this goes for copywriting, this goes for trademarking, this goes for uh, patents. You you can't you can't um, file to protect an idea. This is not going to happen. Um, Eric, did you have anything so far on the copyright piece that you had a question about? So I guess my
0: main thought or something that I'd like to get here, your input on was like, where would somebody go to, I mean, I know copyright law, law is complex and all of that kind of stuff, but where would someone go to learn more or do the research? Like you talked about with different countries, would it be, you know, just Google it or like, when you were looking, what was your sort of uh, so there's path to learn?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, on the Internet. The Internet's going to be your best friend, right? So Googling it. Um, your government is going to have some form of information on copywriting, on trademarking. We here in the States have the USPTO. So that's like a big place where everybody goes, because that's where you go to file it, right? So they're gonna have the information, mm-hmm. the necessary information that you need in order to make sure that you're actually relatively filing it correctly. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good question. So uh, along those lines, you do have what's called common law. Okay, so when you create something, you have common law, which means that you have the, you have the, the copyright protection of said thing that you are creating. Okay, this is without registering it. However, you know, if you're going to go and sue somebody or call somebody on infringement um, and you're going to try to go after somebody because you think that they're stepping in your lane, then you're going to have to have it be actually registered as a copyright. Okay, to, in order to go after them. Um, this is just a better bet for you. I'm sure that there's a way you can go after them with common law without it being registered. But you're going to have an uh, easier time if you do have it registered. So that's just going to save you money and, and trouble and heartache in the courtroom. Um, let's see. So yeah, So you, you automatically get that when you create one. It's, it's important to note, especially for contractors or you know, indie artists, who owns the copyrights and who owns your work. So for example, if you sign a contract on to a company and it's very important to read the contract that you're signing because the majority of them, the work that you create is going to be like the the company that you're creating for, the game that you're creating for, they're gonna own that information. They're gonna own your work. So we do that here with Nebulos. Um, So like everything that's created is under the company and the company owns everything. So individually, like me, Connor, Eric, uh, the rest of the team, like we don't own any part of the intellectual property for what we create. The company owns it. So mm-hmm. this way, because, you know, when we go to, let's say we were to go to sell the company or if, any, if anybody that owns a company is going to go sell a company, you're going to want the intellectual property to come with it because intellectual property is very valuable and it's more valuable and it's registered. Um, so you, want to make sure that you know what it is that is, uh, registered this way, if you go to sell or you go to buy something, you're going to know, um, what all comes with it. It's not just an asset sale, right? So you're going to be able to know it's worth a lot more. So when you register a copyright, this is going to allow you to do a few things. You're going to legally establish yourself as the copyright owner of the work. You're going to legally establish the date of creation. And you're going to take legal action against anybody who infringes on your copyright if you choose to do so. And this is more important in today's world now than ever, especially with digital markets and NFTs. Um, you know all this this digital shit that's going around. And you know okay. I, I say this because like it, it's very easy to infringe on somebody's work, and it's very easy to steal people's work. Even big companies like Disney, you know, they steal people's work. Um, you know, and I don't say Disney steals it per se. I, I say that some of the artists that work for them, um, you know, Oh yeah. They steal work.
0: <laughs> and it's, that's where, uh, you know, coming from a creative perspective, there is a lot of a gray area in the discussion of pulling inspiration from something and ripping off of something. And that's sort of what he's talking about. You know, I think, um, there's a lot of you know when you say oh that reminds me of the art style from such and such movie or that character kind of looks like it was pulled from such and such game uh, which is something kind of common now with you know uh, fortnite being so big and that sort of visual style rippling through the game industry there's kind of like a a little bit of a gray area it's like what is inspired by it and is it inspired by it or is it a ripoff and it's uh it's kind of interesting you need to be careful with that right yeah and that's like you know you're talking about nfts which to me could be an episode all on its own but that gets into the weeds in a whole nother realm of weirdness but
1: right well because here's the thing is if you look at logos for example if you want to create a logo and you find one that you enjoy that you like you can't just add like a different line to it and be like, yep, this is my new logo. It's, you know, this line is different than, you know, I added a line, so it's different than this other logo. If something is even similar or remotely close to what it is that you're stealing from, um, that's going to be infringement. It doesn't need to be a mm-hmm. one-to-one copy. So that's important to note. Uh, there's a few a few ways that your copyright can uh, basically be turned away, expired, um, or just you know, fail in general. So when it comes to expiration, so copyright, they come with a specific uh, set of rules and regulations, right, regarding the length of the protection. Um, once the protection ceases, the work enters into the public domain. So after that 70 years, if you choose not to renew it, it's in the public domain. Uh, the public domain. So this technically applies to anything that was created before the copyright law. So I forget when the copyright law like came into play, but this I'm, I'm talking like way back in the day. Um, right. So there are things that, you know, before this law came out that they're they're not protected by the work. If it's in the public, like the quote unquote public domain, you know, um, if you fail to renew something, then, you know, it's no, you don't really have to worry about it uh, as, as much. I, I believe the renewal is automatic. I would have to fact check myself on that. Um, And I believe that that was as of 1978, if I'm reading this correctly. However, if an owner fails to renew a work created before that year, then they still lose the right um, to renew and it could enter into the public domain. So people nowadays, I mean, we're way past 1978, so you should be fine. Um, If you choose to intentionally submit it, so this is, rare, but it's still a case. An owner of a work may intentionally choose to dedicate their work to the public. When you do that, you relinquish your protection. It now has entered into the public domain. And the last piece is ineligibility. So again, we're gonna talk public domain. So if you have ideas, concepts that we talked about before, facts, theories, um, cooking recipes, government work, phrases, General generic stuff that you know is eligible to the public, and that one in the public would, um, you know, be familiar with. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to be able to copyright it. Um, that is an eligibility. So there are a few ways that you cannot copyright certain things. Um, it is important though to so, for example, what I would say if you have a logo. I would say to protect your intellectual property first, right? So for your logo, you can copyright it because it is a creative piece of work. You can also trademark it so you can have dual protection. And the reason that I say this stuff and I I sound like a broken record because I've talked about this before on a a different episode and just in life in general is you want to make sure your intellectual property is protected first because here's the thing, I know people that they've spent years and tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousands of dollars to Build up a company, whether it's apparel, uh, video games, you know, whatever the case is, it, it doesn't just need to be in one industry, because it happens in every industry. And then, all of a sudden, you know, once they start to become successful or game cloud in any aspect, another company comes in and says, Oh, nope, they're infringing on us, they're stealing some of our market share. You, know, you become a threat, and once you become a threat, these bigger companies will take legal action. I've seen it done before. I've seen it done before mm-hmm. and you either lose everything or you have to spend a lot of money to battle in court, which has an end to debt, you're not going to have, um, or you got to really turn it around and try to, you know, just, well, you, you're going to have to s- s- cease what you're doing and try to change the names, right. uh, change the images, change, you know, whatever it is that they are making you change. And again, that's just going to come at added expense. So, you know, we, we failed, we're going to get into the trademark piece real quick because um, we failed our initial trademark for ironclad tides which was the first name of stormwood sales Mm -hmm. and this was it was for like a pc company up in canada they had they didn't do anything for the last like five years prior to but they had um they had a trademark down here in the states it was ironclad pc games and so ironclad tides didn't cut it because of the uh the certain tiers that the submission fell under and, you know, it is what it is. Um, we thankfully didn't put too much work into that name. So it was easy for us to come up with something else and change change the way that we uh, called the game. So then from from then on out, you know, Stormwind Sales became Project Ironclad. We were happy with it. We worked with it. We made it work. Um, but the point to this is don't get married to something until you know that you own it. Because it would be such a shame if you were one of those people or one of those companies that you spend all this time, money, and effort just for somebody to come along and say, nope, we've been here first, we have common law, screw you, we haven't registered, whatever, you're done. And then they take it out from under you. And trust me, people will. (laughs) Don't think that, oh, you're going to be an (laughs) exception. Because if people have the upper hand and they have the opportunity... To destroy a competitor they're going to take it Um, Eric did you have anything else that you would like to say I think that that covers the majority of what I would like to discuss with copywriting
0: I think that's you know it's maybe not as flashy of a subject as some of our other topics but it's it's really useful to know this stuff and you know uh, going through the process was something that I think everyone should learn from for sure
1: People overlook it, and they overlook it because it's tedious, because it's not fun, because right. it costs money. Yeah,
0: it's not flashy. Right. No, it sucks. Yeah, it's sucks. Yes, not it's not exciting. It's not making a game. It is. It's the things you have to do, so that you can, be assured that your game and the thing that you're making is safe. And that's it's a trick, but it's worth doing.
1: If you have somebody that's able to handle this, you have like an attorney friend, or you have somebody that enjoys business. Um, That has gone through it before and and maybe they want to just help you out and file it for you like Definitely. Yeah, you know, definitely ask for help Okay, like yeah, especially uh, you know as indie devs a lot of times we don't understand The business side we're more of creatives Right, so like we don't necessarily understand the accounting the finance the marketing that comes with it uh, The legalities and the protection like we're talking about right now for making sure that your work is safe You know, that's, so it's okay to get help on that sense, um, on that side of things. But again, you just want to make sure that your work is going to be protected, especially because as indie devs, like we know how long and how hard it is to, to get a finished product out there. So, and you know, you, you, it's a commitment. Okay. And I say this because you don't want to spend a couple hundred dollars or anything just to not commit to actually building a game. So make sure you're committed to building a project before you go and spend this money, right? And that's just life lesson in general. If you think that it's a you know it's a fad that you're you're it's a phase you're going to be in to game development for a month or two and then you're done and you're out, then you know what? Uh, I'm sorry, free. you just <laughs> spent money and you wasted money. Um, you know, get a little progress done. Okay, get a little progress done. And, you know, if you still want to continue with it and you know that you're going to be doing game development and this is what you love, this is your passion, then protect your work. Protect your work. So we can end it there, Eric, unless you have anything else. I'm good. Well, we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen. If you'd like to support us or dive deeper into the world of game development, you can do so on our Patreon page. Maybe entertainment backslash Patreon it it's probably patreon.com backslash nebulous Entertainment it's one of those we're the only nebulous Entertainment out there uh, but we will put the link in the show description you can also follow us on social media at Nebulos underscore ENT to stay up with the latest development as well above all remember that there is a story in all of us but it's up to you to choose how you